Alright, let's uh, get going. If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn them to Psalms 105. And that will be our verse we'll read together, but not for, not for a minute here. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll, uh, then we'll go. So Lord, we thank you that uh, we get to come here, we get to worship you, we get to keep worshiping you, even in this time. And we just ask, Father, that you speak. Lord, your words created worlds, and we just ask that you, can, that you speak in this time, God. We just posture our hearts to receive, and my prayer is that we're good soil, Lord, that we, uh, that we just are plugged into you and all of us pulling on your heart and in, inclining our ear to hear what you have to speak. And so, Father, speak, and we just want to hear you tonight. We thank you that you're here, Jesus. And your words are spirit and life. So may they impact us and may they resonate in a way that only you can deep within our, deep within our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So where are we going tonight? Uh, how about Pastor Jamie's word last week for all that you're here? Pretty awesome, right? Yeah, so good. I was so encouraged. Talked to so many that were so encouraged. So it's so, so exciting. What a powerful evening. Um, I've been preaching, this is week four now on this, uh, this Identity in Christ, the Sonship series. And again, for the ladies, Sonship is both male and female tonight. Guys are the bride of Christ, so girls have to be sons sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the, I spent specifically the last two weeks before last week uh, dealing and talking, basically my, my goal is to make you all prisoners of hope. So are there any prisoners of hope in the room? Yeah, you know, and really to get to the point where we believe that God not just can use you, but he will use you. Enough said. Uh, and really uh, went through a number of things, kind of blocks that keep us from entering into that type of faith. And so uh, I've talked to many of you. I know that it was uh, liberating in some sense for you. Um, and, and really we ended uh, two weeks ago with, uh, I thought it was just a powerful time of the Lord, people really coming you know, and saying, be it unto me according to your word. I'm ready to believe you. I'm ready to stop making you know, falling victim, I guess, to these mindsets of mediocrity and these things that want to keep us trapped. And, and that was good. Uh, and it's, uh, we're going to keep going on the same train, but we're going to switch a little bit uh, with the same topic. Because basically, for those last two weeks, I was dealing with, uh, you know, I talked about that we're qualified, uh, that God's not a respecter of persons, so you're perfect for him. And lastly, there's fullness attached to your life. And each one of these uh, were a, a kind of, pushing through some lies that keep us believing the other things and keep us trapped, but they were primarily dealing with uh, receiving inspiration, right? Believing that God could actually use you, letting yourself be inspired to where you're, you're spirited, you're inspirited, and believe God. And they were dealing with some vertical blocks, I guess is what I would say. Uh, and this week, um, it's really, now what? Okay, I believe. I got these vertical blocks. I'm inspired. I believe God can use me to do a great thing. Is anybody tracking with me? Right? But now what? Like, what do I do now? And I love it because I actually, some people already came and asked me some of these questions. Like, I believe God's calling me to do blank, and it was amazing. But it's like, now what? And I was like, oh, you're going, like, perfect. I'm glad you're already asking that question because uh, that's where we're going tonight. 
And uh, I'm not going to talk about vertical blocks so much tonight. Now I'm going to deal with some horizontal blocks that I see taking place. And uh, to describe kind of this, I'm going to give some language for us right now. There's two aspects of the anointing of God. And a lot of times we don't recognize this. And, and um, there may be more aspects than that, but you'll see what I'm talking about tonight in line of this. Uh, the first is uh, the, the word inspire. It, it's like an act of receiving. If you were to look on like the dictionary, it would talk about uh, it's to receive divine unction, divine. Uh, presence to believe that you've been spoken to by God. Like that's literally what the word inspire means. You're inspired, right? You're filled with the spirit in such a way that you're like, you're ready to go, right? And I'm so many of you who was inspired last week when Pastor Jamie shared, right? I think we were all inspired, right? And we've been, we need to do this. This is where God starts. We have to believe the promise of God. And when we believe it, we get inspired, Right? And that's the first part of the anointing. When God speaks, God is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one. That's what Christ means, the anointed one. So everything he does, it's like, which means to be poured with oil, and the oil is the Holy Spirit. So when God speaks, his words are full of oil, like they're anointed. There's a presence to them. There's a weight to them, right? Who can relate to that? Like you just know when God speaks because there's something about it. You're like, it's anointed, right? The first part of the anointing is you receive the anointing. You're, you're filled you're inspired, right? And then the second part, it's like two sides of the same coin, is the word unction. And there's verses in the Bible that talk about unction. And unction literally means like to anoint. It's like to act on the anointing. Are you following me? So there's like, when God speaks his promise to us, there's, the, there's like the conception, the inspiration where you receive it. Then there's the unction, which is where you actually do it, right? And they're actually different. And they, sometimes God will speak to us in such a way where we, we are inspired and we're also given the unction to go do right in the same moment. But there's a lot of times where that's not the same, that's not the same moment. There's, uh, I, I was telling somebody this recently. I'm like out of breath right now. <sighs> it's like I just ran a marathon. Uh, I was telling somebody this um, recently, but like a year and a half ago, I had a moment where I received inspiration. The Lord spoke to me um, about uh, an, uh, a leader, a Christian leader, and he gave me uh, a word to share with him. Gave me this whole, it was like very, thir- I knew it was God because I was like, I don't know where that came from. It was like late at night. And, but I had zero unction to give it. And then a year later, I was literally laying in bed about to go to sleep, and boom, it was like, you need to give that now. And I was like, oh, whoa, I do. And I woke up the next morning, and I sent, sent him an email. And uh, it was funny because he was like, man, I've just been praying this week that God would speak to me and give me direction. He's like, and then this popped in my inbox. I was like, it's crazy because I got that word a year ago, right? <laughs> like, so um, there's, there's, there's a, are you seeing the relationship I'm building here? Is there's the inspiration and then there's the unction. And um, I've been dealing with the vertical blocks, but now I'm going to deal with some issues that I see along, like, understanding the unction of the Holy Spirit, particularly as it pertains to dreams, right? We've been trying, you know, identities attached to dreams. Your dream is amazing, and when you believe God's vision for your life, you become a prisoner of hope, right? That's what happens when you get inspired. You actually become a prisoner of hope, where even though it's, like, not a bad thing, you're like, I can't get away from this now. Like, I'm consumed with hope, right? But... Now, what do I do in this place? What do I do? How do I operate, partner with the unction? Uh, two big problems that I see, uh, that I've experienced myself, and now that I see uh, with people, and I'm going to pick on Moses a little bit to, to uh, kind of explain uh, each of these. 
Um, the first one, I'm going to read a verse in Exodus 2, verse 11. And the first problem when it comes to unction is people will override the unction of the Holy Spirit, which means I receive the inspiration and then I'm just going to go even though I haven't received the unction. Right? And Moses does this. Uh, he was, uh, we've talked about this last two weeks, his name meant deliverer. He was anointed and called from the womb to deliver Israel out of Egypt. Right? He was saved from the alligators in the river. He, like, it was everything. He was made to deliver a, an enslaved captive Israel from Egypt. Right? Does anybody doubt that that was his call? No. But in Exodus 2, it says this. Uh, it says, this is Moses had, he's grown up. He's in his, like, we think he's in his 30s or around 40. And it says, it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren, which is Israel, and looked out on and, and looked upon their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Right? He was operating out of his calling, right? He had been inspired. At this point, there's no doubt, like the, the call was already in him. I'm, in, I'm called to deliver an oppressed Israel out of Egypt. But he didn't have unction to do it. He took it into his own hands, overrided the Holy Spirit, killed an Egyptian to bring salvation. Right? What happens is very shortly after it gets discovered, Israel wasn't ready to receive it. His brother starts saying, you're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian. He ends up in the desert for 40 years. Right? Are you following me? He overrided the unction of the Holy Spirit. He had received inspiration, but he was not cleared to do it, but he did anyway. That's a problem. Anybody done that before? <laughs> Anybody done it this week? <laughs> um, okay, overriding. Second problem is what I would call uh, spiritual passivity. And again, I'm going to pick on Moses because uh, the, the point I'm trying to make in this is why I'm using the same person is that we can fluctuate to both. Both are the fruit of independence. We're not connected to the Father. The point and all of this is that we need to be connected to the Father. So this is Moses now flipping, and he's now flipping into passivity. This is Exodus uh, chapter 13. Where's my mark? Sorry, chapter 14. And it is, uh, I'm going to read verse 15, or 13 through 15. Uh, this is, Moses now has led Israel out of Egypt, and they're standing at the Red Sea, and Egypt is now chasing them. Scary place, right? This is a really interesting passage of Scripture. It says, um, Moses said to the people, don't fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you've seen today, you'll never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. This is, this is awesome now. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch your hand over the sea. And divide it. God had given Moses the unction to, to do something, but Moses was like, no. Stand, Israel, God's gonna do it for you. And God, God goes, well, why are you crying to me? I told you to do it, do it. Crazy, right? So, passivity. Like a lot of times, people will use this as a prayer of passivity. If it's God's will, it'll happen. Who said that one? I have before. I, try, I don't say it anymore because I don't like it. Because what that is saying is God's like, like that may be like 
true in the sovereignty of God. I'm not trying to get into like a huge theological debate. I'm simply saying that if God tells you to do something and you sit back and chilling, if it's his will, it'll happen. No, it won't. Why? Because he's empowered you. And anybody had a boss at work that when you've been empowered and then they circumvent your authority and they go do something that they called you to do, how do you feel? Right? How do you feel? Angry? Who's had been really angry before when that's happened? Right? God is not just a good boss. He's a father. And when he empowers you, he does not then circumvent it. Right? Unless you have a face-to-face conversation. That will be another day. Um, but the point is, he empowers us and he wants to use us. And so passivity is not uh, an excuse for a lack of cooperation with the unction of God. Does this make sense? Okay. So my goal tonight is to bring insight into where you can find the unction of the Holy Spirit in your life. And the reason that I, and I'm just going to share and I'm going to give some language. I'm going to like throw some things out, hoping that it will kind of cast a landscape that not necessarily it's like, oh, yeah, that's what I need to do. Because the Lord speaks uniquely to each one of us and each one of our journeys of fulfilling that which we believed and were inspired with is going to look different. But I think there's at least some commonality in the sense that there's a general landscape. Does that that, that make sense? No. Do I need to keep talking about that? Are you guys tired? (laughs) Dude, you're not. I'm getting nothing from you. Okay, I'm just going to keep going. All right. Um, I believe this is important uh, because if you let yourself be inspired and become a prisoner of hope, That's a very vulnerable place. Can anybody relate to a vulnerable place believing God for an impossible dream? Yeah, and the only type of dreams that God dreams are impossible ones. Just FYI. If you can do it without him, it's not a God dream. It's your dream. His dream is bigger, better than anything you can ask, dare, dream, or imagine. It's impossible because he's the God of the impossible. And this isn't about revealing our glory to the world. It's about revealing his glory to the world. And the only way that that will happen is if you do something that people look at your life and say, only God. I know that dude. I went to high school with him. There's no way, right? Okay, so it is vulnerable, though, to believe that God can do something that big. Like, that's a vulnerable thing. And if we don't know what to do with the unction, we can get really disillusioned really quickly. I've, I've experienced this in my own life, And I've had a number of conversations along the same train of thought Uh, about, man, when was it? Probably four years ago, four or five years ago, I was in a season where I had let myself fully become a prisoner of hope. Believe God told me I was going to plant churches. I was going to do crusade evangelism. I was going to do these things. I shared with you some of the, you know, some of that whenever it was, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then I came into called me back to my own hometown. He called me into a season where it was just like, okay, like I'm ready to go. I, like I got this vision of what my circumstances are going to look like. I have this grandiose vision of this God-sized impossible dream. He's going to use me to do impossible things, walk on the water, right? Yada, 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 yada. And then my circumstances were like dry and horrible. <laughs> and I was miserable. And I literally, beca- like, I literally started getting depressed. Like, it was bad. I was like, what happened to me? I was just like prisoner of hope on the top of the mountain, Rocky Balboa after you just finished that run, you know? Like, yeah, I the tiger. Then it was literally like three months later, I'm depressed. 
It's funny now, but it wasn't then. Like, it was serious. I was, like, not doing good emotionally. And um, I, I didn't realize necessarily I couldn't put this language then, but I realize now my problem was is that I was disillusioned because I could not, I could not, like, merge. I couldn't make, I couldn't understand the discrepancy between what this, what this, this dream that I believed was supposed to be with what my current circumstances were. They were very non-aligning. Does anybody relate with that? Right? Uh, I thought something was going wrong, horribly wrong. I thought I had made a mistake. I thought uh, I must have heard God wrong. I, like something wasn't right here. All right, if you have your Bibles to 105, Psalm 105, we're going to read a verse. Uh, this is Psalm 105, verse 19, and it's speaking of Joseph, who Joseph was a young man who had a dream that he was going to be a ruler, that he was going to be a leader. He then got sold into slavery and entered into slavery, uh, first in Potiphar's house and then was cast into prison. And he led in all those capacities, but I promise you that wasn't the dream he dreamed as a 17-year-old boy. Amen? This is speaking of him. Psalm 105, verse 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. What did the Lord test Joseph with? Adverse circumstances that did not align to his promise. Right? And why does the Lord use adverse circumstances? James 1 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that it's the testing of your faith that produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect course, making you, his full course, making you perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Right? God uses adverse circumstances to test our faith to form character. Because if we can put our faith in an unseen promise, when our circumstances are adverse, we're, we're demonstrating to him that I trust you. Because God is not like a boss running a big multinational organization just to make up like a bunch of profit or to make you really successful employees. He's after your heart. Faith reveals trust. If I can believe God, I'm trusting in him and his promises are his, his love language. They're his love letters to us. It's I'm pledging myself to you. It's not like a, it's not, it's not primarily, we, because we're so functionally driven, we first gravitate to the function, but the Lord's always drawing for relationship. And so he tests us in this season because he's given us an opportunity to enter into a deeper union with him, right? He wants us to trust him. He wants us to know his love. And so we're in these seasons, the word of the Lord tests us. He wants our character developed. He wants our heart. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. All right, so there's like this tension. And I, I really think that the tension, you know, like when you're working out, you know, you use resistance to form muscle, right? Faith is a muscle. And the tension, the... the uh, the resistance that God gives us to exercise our faith is what his promise says versus what our circumstances say. There's resistance, and what we believe is what we're exercising, right? If we believe God in the midst of this, 
we're exercising faith and we're growing it like a muscle in our lives. And faith reveals trust. So how do you grow in faith? You enter more deeply into a trusting relationship, which comes, it's the fruit of knowing you're loved. So he's pulling us into an intimate place is the point. Um, in, in my journey, uh, the Lord came to me and kind of when I was wallowing here in like depression and uh, he came to me and he asked me a question one day and it's a question that's changed my life and he said, uh, he said, Jordan, what kind of man would do the things that I've told you you're going to do? And I was like, I don't know, a good one? You know, and he was like, no, like what kind of man? And I knew all of a sudden it was like, Go through. It was like, I want you to write it out. I was like, okay. So I literally just went to the fruit. Of the, I got the whole fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Patience, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And the Lord was like, what does that look like? And I literally wrote a paragraph. I, like, I have this document still. I wrote it all out. It looks like this. This is what patience looks like. This is what generosity looks like. This is what faithfulness looks like. This is what love looks like. This is what peace looks like. Like, literally, it was like, then just all these questions. And it was literally like this. I have it. It's probably like six, seven pages long. And it's like this character all this character stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm not that, 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 I'm not that. But the Lord, this is what he said to me. He said, yeah, he said, that's the kind of man that does those great things. He said, you become that man and I'll make sure you do those great things. And this wasn't like a works thing, like change yourself. It was, he was giving me, um, he was giving me direction for the unction. Because I was disillusioned because I had no unction to do crusade evangelism. I had no unction to, to plant a church. I didn't have that. that. He hadn't given to me that. I didn't have the character for it, honestly. But all of a sudden it shifted, opened up this whole door of, whoa, I have all this place of character development. And all of a sudden I feel this unction, patience, kindness, mercy, faithfulness, peace, right, generosity, all these things. And I had unction here. I didn't have unction there. And I realized in this moment, all of a sudden, that my disillusionment was that I couldn't reconcile my circumstances with what God's promises said they should be. And I realized that that wasn't what God was focusing on. That was what was consuming me. What was consuming his perspective and his focus was the discrepancy between where he called me to be and who he saw me to be as his son and where I currently was in my journey of becoming like Christ. Are you following me? It was like, whoa, man looks at outer appearance. God looks at the heart. <laughs> it was piercing me. It was, it's funny now. It was like, crap. I got a long way to go, right? But I had unction. I found unction in that place of he was inviting me into the process of becoming who I already was to him because he believed in me. When God gives you a promise or a dream, when he looked at Joseph as a 17-year-old and said, you're going you're gonna to lead in your, you know, the stars and the moon, they're going to bow to you. And you're going to, like, God saw the man that was going to stand before Pharaoh that day void of selfish ambition. Right? People miss this a lot with Joseph. He literally was in a prison cell. These two guys had a dream. Are you, do you know this story? They had a dream. One was a cupbearer to the king, and Joseph, the interpretation that he was going to be saved. He looks at him immediately and says, when you get there, remember me and tell him about me. Ambition. Selfish ambition. Hey, hey, remember me. Remember me. Make, remember me so I can get promoted out of this place. Right? Lack of character. He gets here. 
Three years later, dark night of the soul. It says, iron hath entered his soul. That's the Strong's literal transition of, of Psalm 105, if you keep reading. He literally gets before Pharaoh three years later after he goes through this dark night of the soul where I'm sure everything was tested. He gets ripped out, literally out of nowhere, pulled before the most powerful person on planet Earth in that moment. The king says, I'll give you anything if you can interpret this dream. He looks at Pharaoh, the most powerful person on Earth, and says, the answer's not in me. It's in the Lord. That's a man of character. I was a man of humility. And I promise you, God saw him as this 17-year-old punk kid who the next day was going to be like, hey, brothers, guess what? I had a dream. You're all bowing to me. <laughs> right? God started, but God saw. It's not in me. The answer belongs to the Lord. Right? So when he speaks to us and promises to us, it's, this, he, he, it's like this pledge. It's like, I know you're here, and I love you, and I love you so much, and I believe in you. I'm going to get you here. And when you're here, I'm going to get the circumstances right because you're ready to step in and manifest a son or a daughter of God to the world. Amen? Isn't that cool? So if we're struggling, if we, we've been inspired and we're a prisoner of hope, and we feel disillusioned. So it's time to reorient our focus. Right? Let's not get so disillusioned about our circumstances. Let's let that tension, let's let that resistance stay. But let's go deeper into his heart. Right? And let's find it. Like, that's a place you can look. Does that make sense? Okay, three, four people. What about the rest of you? I'm asking the rest of you. Okay. If we're faithful to do our role... He'll be faithful to his. Our role is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and to give ourselves to his process of forming his son in us. We do that, he'll be faithful to exalt and put us in the right circumstances and fulfill his promise for our life. But it's a journey of love, of loving him and being loved by him. Um, Next place I want to go is uh, do not despise small beginnings. Uh, when it comes uh, to the inspiration, you have to recognize that the inspiration, it's not just like a, oh, wow, I'm inspired. It's like a, it's the Holy Spirit. You've been inspired with God, right? You've been filled with God, and he's put that in you. And now we have to steward this well. Good stewardship is key. Uh, and this can be difficult because we live, it's a mustard seed kingdom. It's an inside, outside, upside, backside, every side, but normal kingdom. Right? It doesn't make sense. And if you read the Bible and if you look at church history, nobody that was like, you know, it wasn't like called to do something like received it the next day. Right? That would be the stupidest thing ever. Who, like, who could do that? Right, that's called like winning the lottery. How does that work out for people? Not good. Not good. They go right back to the level of poverty they were at because they didn't have the character to sustain the favor. God wants sons and daughters that can carry his favor with character so that they can go the long haul, run the whole race. Right? How does he form character in us? He gives us a mustard seed. He gives us an acorn. He doesn't give us a tree. We don't know what to do with a tree. Right? It's like, it's like when you want a dog when you're 13 and you're convinced, Dad, 
I have what it takes to take care of this dog. And two weeks later, <laughs> I don't like him that much, actually, right? No, I actually think it's your dog. You know, like, <laughs> right? Who's that? Does that happen before? Right, yes, it does. So God gives us a mustard seed, and he wants to see if we'll steward that mustard seed with faith, which means will you, will you give yourself to stewarding that seed in the same way that you would give yourself to stewarding the fulfillment of the promise. Because that reveals character. Right? Uh, you just, you know, he starts you with, he starts you with small. Uh, probably one of my least favorite verses in the Bible. It's a good verse, but the reason it's my least favorite is because on Saturday mornings when we had to do chores, that was what my mother would wake us up to. She'd say, boys, it's Saturday. Are you ready to do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for men? Knowing that your reward doesn't come from men, but it comes from God. And I was like, no, get out of my room, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it, right? So I literally, like, I cringed that verse my whole life. And then one day when I actually started reading my Bible, I remember I read it, I was like, oh, dang, that's in the Bible. I didn't even know, you know? I just thought she was making stuff up. Uh, but, but that's really, uh, that verse is, is, it's do your work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Because the Lord sees the heart and he's the one who, who rewards us. Right? And there's times the Lord starts us in places where man doesn't see, but he does. Man doesn't see how much you pray over, you know, uh, your, the, three, the three students that he gives you. When you want, you know, you have a vision of, of you know, having a camp where thousands of kids come every summer, right? Do you pray the same way for these three? Do you give yourself, do you invest the same way that you would give for that, right? That's, that's what God wants to see. That's good stewardship. And, you know, he gives us these promises, and they're amazing. You know, but I'm just going to go through, like, just, like, a few here, just examples, and then I'll ask a question to that, you know? So God says, like, God told me I was going to write a book, so I'd say, so how are you growing as a writer? Right? Like, what are you, what are you, are you reading books? Are you, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing to steward that today? It might not be write the book. What are you doing today? Uh, I'm called to Africa. I love that when people are called to Africa. But my question is, like, have, are you spending time down in the neighborhoods where Africa's here? Because you might not have the unction to go to Africa yet, but I promise you there's probably unction to go hang out at Sunset Park. Right? You following me here? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm called uh, to sow great wealth into the kingdom. I've heard many people tell me this. Are you generous today? Are you giving sacrificial today when you don't have much? When maybe a widow's might is great wealth. Right? I, I'm, I'm called to be a great leader. Who are you following? I'm called uh, disciple nations. Who are you discipling today? Right? There's unction. Sometimes I think we miss the unction because we're looking way down there. It's like, why is, I don't have the unction. It's like, no, it's, it's, God's like, come on, 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 come on. No, no, come on, come on, come on. Right here. And it's like, that doesn't look very exciting. I'm not inspired. No, you don't feel inspired. But that's because it's not about feelings anymore. It's about faith. Right? And God, I, I think... One of the, the big indicators that you're, you're learning to steward this and you're, you're stewarding the unction of God well is you 
recognize that your life is changing and you're sacrificing time and energy and affection to an unseen promise. That's when that faith muscle's growing. Yeah, I don't see it in my circumstances, but I believe it. And Abraham grew in faith as he gave glory to God, convinced that he who promised was faithful. Right? Don't be surprised when your circumstances don't line up. They will. You just have to be faithful. You got to find the unction and steward it. Amen? So, uh, I have a conviction, and really it was the whole premise of a lot of, even the last four weeks, and I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to go next week yet, but um, we, we, we talk about mission a lot, and I really feel like a healthy church is a missional church. We have to be a people on mission. Love has to look like something in the city, right? The kingdom of God coming to Boise looks like something. It looks like you and me doing something out there, right? Like living a life on assignment, Right? Being used by him in the marketplace, in the streets, in the schools, in the government, wherever, in the business. Like, we have to be a missional people. But I believe mission comes from identity. Like, what we do comes from who we are. Right? And I believe that good stewardship today of who we are, the calling, the dream, the God vision that he has for your life, looks like something out there. I don't know what but it looks like something missional. Amen? You don't have to agree, but I hope you do. So good stewardship of our calling today looks like mission in our city. I believe that there are dynamic calls all across this room. Calls to do amazing things here. Calls to do amazing things in our nation. Calls to do amazing things in our world. There's businesses. There's ideas. There's there's designs, there's missionary organizations, there's churches, there's all kinds of amazing dynamic callings just in this room. And right now, today, that looks like something missional here in our city, right? Like many people have a call to the nations in here today, but it doesn't look like going to the nations today, right? It looks like going to Sunset Park or it looks like going somewhere, right? It looks like something. Like there's stewardship, there's unction that he's given us somewhere in our life right now. It might not be the fulfillment, but it, and it might not even make sense to the fulfillment, but it looks like something. And that's really where we're desiring to go uh, as a church and as we're kind of stewarding. Where are we going? Where's this, what's this river taking on a life of its own? Uh, it looks like something missional. Uh, there's a verse that can be a scary verse if you... Don't really unpack it. It says, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Jesus says this after the parable of the wedding feast, where the servants invite people they don't want to come. Then they invite more people they don't want to come because they're busy with their lives, doing their thing, doing their thing, doing their thing. Finally, they go to the byways and the highways and the byways. They get the poor people and the destitute, and they fill the wedding feast. Are you familiar with this? Even if you're not, it makes sense now. And then in that context, Jesus says, many are called, few are chosen. So you say, you know, and that's why I started the last couple of weeks. We're all called. God will use you. But the choice, the, the selection is really on our end. Do you pick up the phone? I heard, uh, you know, there's no banning leapsher of Jesus culture. He was talking about this first one time. He's like, yeah, it's kind of like that new millennial thing, moving parties. 
He's like, only millennials would think of moving parties. Hey, you want to come over to my moving party? I'll give you some soda, and you help me move. <laughs> Doesn't that sound millennial? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm going to just say that. It does. Uh, but anyways, he's like, you know, you know who your real friends are if you invite them to a moving party, and they come. Like, they love you. They don't really want your soda, right? I think it's no different here with the Lord is many are called, few are chosen. He has the call. He has a dynamic call on each and every person. But the chosen are the ones that pick up the phone and start co-laboring with him in, in the unction of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So what does picking up the phone look like? I think it looks like an honest assessment of where is the unction of the Holy Spirit in my life and then doing it, obeying. No matter how big, small, difficult, or mundane it feels. I'm doing it out of obedience, and I'm doing it out of faith, not out of my feeling, not out of my emotion, not out of my, I felt amazing during worship, I got the goosebumps, now I'm going to do it. No, most times not. There's times where you experience that, but there's times where you don't, because it's not about your feelings, it's about faith. We live by faith, not by sight. Amen? All right, I'm going to end it there, I'm going to invite the worship team up, and I'm going to pray for us first. Um, we do, oh no, we don't have a song. Sorry, that was my routine kicking in. Um, we are not going to have a worship song, uh, <laughs> but we are going to pray. So uh, if we, I'm going to invite prayer team forward, um, and I'm going to invite everybody to stand up, and I'm just going to pray. And I wanted to pray. I felt the Lord told me to pray specifically for a spirit of wisdom to rest upon us, that he would show us what it looks like today for us to steward well the calling of God and partner with the unction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. So maybe if you can put like a track on or something, you can turn the lights down a little bit. Um, yeah. You can just like hold your hands out like you're receiving something. So I believe you're going to receive something. So Father God, I thank you um, that you are the God of all wisdom, Lord. And I ask right now uh, for the spirit of wisdom to come and open our eyes. Lord, that the spirit of wisdom will come and open the eyes of our hearts, God, that you will flood them with light, that we can see from heaven's perspective, and we can begin to recognize where you are moving in our lives and what it looks like today, God, that we begin to take the steps each day that lead to the fulfillment of the promise. Lord, we want to be, uh, be moving forward, and I just ask right now, God, that just for a stirring and a quickening and just an alertness to where the Spirit of God is moving, that you will convict and lead and guide us into the path of fulfillment. God, that's where we want to go. So we thank you, Father, that you're committed to us. We thank you that you, you don't see 17-year-old Joseph, God. You see the man of humility that could stand before the king un, un, unaltered. God, and I just pray that over each one of us, Lord, that we will partner with you in such a way that we will stand before uh, in the places that you've called us to stand as the sons and daughters of God, full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, exuding the character of Christ so that you can use us in powerful ways, God, that are not just, uh, just some big flashbang experiences, God, but long, consistent, enduring calls, God, that we run the race to, to, to fullness, Lord. So we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you uh, for what you're speaking. And we just ask, Lord, uh, that your will be done in our lives and that you teach us how to partner. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.